Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. This is Derek's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. After the third time jump-starting my car, I finally realized my battery was dying. So I stopped by O'Reilly to have it checked. They tested it right there in the parking lot. It was bad, real bad. But they helped me find the right battery for my car and even installed it for free. Now my car starts like new. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery. Each week when you join me, Podcast One, you're going to chase down our goals, overcome adversity, and set you up for a better tomorrow. Come on this journey with me. Hi, and welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. Okay, so this week is a little different in that my guest has really gotten me to think about something I rarely think about. My entire life, I have been into fitness, working out, and I love working out. It's definitely a stress reliever for me, as well as it helps to ensure I stay healthy and don't gain too much weight. However, I've traveled for my entire career the past two decades, constantly on airplanes, which is really challenging in regards to being able to work out and, um, you know, with your meeting schedule when you travel. Oftentimes, I'll be in LA this week and there's four days I'm in back-to-back meetings. I won't be able to work out. So I have this swing with my weight from anywhere from five to 10 pounds that I can go up and down. When Typically, when I'm home and I'm at the gym every day, I'm able to balance things out a little easier. But you know, I, I've i never been one that's gotten that much into, you know, what is eating healthy. I just figured eating healthy is, you know, eating apples, eating proteins, eating salad, whatever. Well, I am with an expert this week, and it's so interesting because the basis of food, food as medicine, is really new to me, and that's really what we talk about today, so much more than just weight. I've just thought about food and the role it plays with if I liked the way something tastes or if it made me fat or made me skinny. And today we're diving into the conversation where food is so beyond that, and it really opened my mind to if I want to be really successful in 2020, if I want to do things differently, go bigger, I need to do things differently to prepare myself for that. And one of the ways that I can do it is to eat differently and eat with the goal of having food as medicine to help me and optimize me and and give me more energy instead of just focusing on what a scale says or how my pants fit, which up until now, that really is the only way that I, I looked at food. So it's really, t- I'm blown away. I'm, I'm consumed by this. And you'll see on my social media I I did a video the second I got out of this interview. I mean, I'm just, as soon as I got home, I started watching all these videos. <laughs> I, I'm obsessed with 
this concept of food as medicine and working with an expert and having this amazing opportunity that I did today, you know, the person I'm going to interview is the author of the South Beach Diet. And just to give you a little insight, he has sold more than 25 million copies of his book. Do you understand what, how big that is, how much success this man has achieved. This is mind-blowing. He clearly does not have to work ever again a day in his life. If you sell 25 million books, let me just put it this way, you are sitting pretty happy financially. So, But it, it's very clear that's not why he works. He spent so much time with me. I actually missed my next meeting, which was terrible, but it was so worth it because he's such a loving and kind and wonderful doctor and expert in helping people care for themselves, which it's not something a lot of us think about, right? We're so busy. We're living these fast-paced lives. And to take a step back and access the information of someone who's dedicated their life to helping to address the issue of heart attacks and solving how can we make people healthier so they don't have them. And, you know, really this journey in through medicine that this my, my guest has been on It's just, it's eye-opening to me to see the massive role that food plays in all of this. So I wanted to get into some of the takeaways that I take in in the most simplistic way possible to tee you up, you know, to obviously I'm not going to be the, I'm not by far the expert on this topic. I'm on a rookie. But I think I had shared with you, I, I watched the movie The Game Changer on Netflix a couple of months ago and I wanted to go plant-based. And I made a run for it and was really focusing on eating plant-based. What's interesting is that I ended up gaining weight. And yes, it was over the holidays. So of course, you know, I definitely had more junk type food, more desserts. You know, I wasn't eating the way that I typically would eat. So that could be part of it. But the other part was, and and I learned this from my guest today because I shared with him what I was eating and what happened I really was eating a lot of processed carbohydrates and there's so much in the plant-based food world, you know, fake chicken strips, fake chicken patties, fake crab cake, fake veggie dumplings, all these different things, but it's essentially all carbohydrates and sugar. And I'm sure there's plenty of people that do the plant-based diet that don't do it the way that I did with so much of an artificial um, focus, but that's how I did it, and that's how I found it easiest to do. However, that did not work for my body, and basically, my guest today explained to me why I was shutting off my body's ability to burn fat. I was making it easy for my body to gain weight and hard for my body to maintain or lose, essentially impossible. And I didn't realize that the time that we eat and the calories that we choose have a massive impact on how efficient our bodies can be, our mood, our skin, so many different elements. It, it, it's mind-blowing. So it wasn't a surprise to him at all that I gained weight on the diet that I was on. He was not blown away, but he told me, listen, if you want to be able to get back into your regular clothes, I would suggest you reading my new book, which is the updated version of uh, the South Beach Diet. It's the new keto-friendly South Beach Diet, which is adding all of the elements of research that he's accessed in the past decade since the South Beach Diet came out. He's put it all, he's put all that research, all that information into this new book, 
plus 75 full color recipes, plus testimonials, plus it's unbelievable, plus the the work that he did in school systems with children and the results that he had, not only with their weight and health, but with their test scores, because what you eat affects your brain in a massive way. So, and he's doing work with Alzheimer's patients to improve memory by food choices. It just, it really has blown me away. I'm all in. And and I always figure I can do anything for 30 days. You know, what, you can't be hurt by this. So I'm going all in for 30 days. If I'm going to feel the way that I anticipate I am, if I'm going to lose weight and feel better and not have to go on this yo-yo up and down just because I travel one week versus another, then I don't have to rely so heavily on the gym and get frustrated with my schedule. I'm I'm all in. And, and I actually remembered... The last time I was at my leanest was five years ago, and I went back and looked at some pictures online to see I was eating an extremely low-carb diet, and I did that for over a year. I don't know why I stopped, but it's so funny. I look back at how happy I was and how lean I was, and I actually worked out less than because I didn't have to. What I didn't realize, and this is what worked for me, and again, I'm not pushing this on anybody. However, you know, the research shows that this works and the science is behind it. You know, I I was feeling great. I'm I'm giving the same plan a shot now, especially after meeting with my guest today, to see this is proven through medicine, through so much research, through so many testimonials of patients. And it it really opened my mind to so many things. Here's some of the keys that I took away. Um, Sugar, it's a killer. I, I, I didn't realize that it's more addictive than any drug that's out there. Grazing is a failed strategy. That's how I used to eat. I would just eat bits and snacks all day long. I thought that was the right thing. No. Intermittent fasting is the right thing. And I just started yesterday not eating breakfast and not eating at least until noon, if not later. And it wasn't actually that hard to do. I also learned that a lot of self-doubt happens to people when they gain weight because they think, oh gosh, I... I don't have self-control. I don't have willpower when that's actually not the case. So your confidence can be affected by your weight, which is actually being driven by your food choices. So let's say it's the holidays and you eat more sugar-based products and foods. Your body is going to crave more sugar and it's not going to have an ability. It's going to shut off the ability to burn fat and burn these burn the sugar off and you're going to start craving it. You're going to get hungrier versus if you make different food choices, eliminating processed carbohydrates, eliminating sugar and choosing different foods that, you know, we'll get into and the book gets into in detail with specific recipes. You know, it's healthy fats, proteins, green leafy vegetables, low, very, very low carb vegetables. So when you lean into that food plan, you don't feel hungry and you are able to constantly burn fat. So the real eye-openers for me were sugar. Sugar is in everything. And if you think it's easy to eliminate, it's not because now I am so dialed in and looking where it is in every food, but doing all that you can to eliminate sugar from your diet, ending grazing, ending snacking, instead looking into intermittent fasting. Some people 
fast for a day or two a month just to reset their metabolism. I have not tried that yet. That sounds a little aggressive. However, I guess there's benefits there too. Getting rid of processed um, carbohydrates, getting rid of fruit. He gives a great analogy of grizzly bears as to why high sugar fruit is not helpful. And the impact that this has had on people, this diet has had on people is not only weight, it's helping to eliminate anxiety, depression, heart attacks, improve mood, improve sleep, improve energy levels, and so many other amazing things, specifically brain function, and it's been reflected in grades with students. So I'm blown away by the research that I was exposed to. I'm blown away by my guest today, who's such an amazing human being, um, person, and doctor. So let me give you a little bit about our guest today. Our guest is Dr. Arthur Agustin. He is an internationally recognized pioneer in cardiac disease prevention. Dr. Agustin worked with Dr. Warren to develop the Agustin score, also known as the calcium score, a method of screening for coronary calcium as an indicator of atherosclerosis that is used at medical centers throughout the world. Dr. Agatson and colleagues initiated the Healthy Options in Public Schools study, which demonstrated that by providing healthy school lunches combined with an innovative education program, pre-K through grade six, you can encourage healthy weights and improve blood pressures and standardized test scores in children. This project continues through the Agustin Urban Nutritional Initiative at the University of Pennsylvania. This is so amazing. And that's getting rid of sugar, getting rid of processed carbs, healthy fats, healthy proteins, and vegetables. Dr. Agustin is an associate professor of medicine at the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine and a clinical professor of medicine at Florida International University, Herbert Wertheim College of Medicine. He's a member of the American College of Cardiology. He is the medical director of the Agustin Center for Private Medicine. He's known as the author of the internationally best-selling book, Over 25 Million Copies Sold, The South Beach Diet, his first non-academic work. Dr. Agustin created his balanced approach to healthy eating to help his patients improve their blood chemistry, lose weight, and prevent diabetes and heart disease. Today, The South Beach Diet remains the trusted choice of millions with more than 23 million copies of the book are sold. Dr. Agatson's most recent book, The South Beach Diet, Gluten Solution, was published in 2013, but his newest book actually just came out in 2019, and that's the one that we're talking about today. Dr. Agatson has published more than 200 scientific articles and abstracts in medical journals and is a frequent lecturer across the U.S. and around the world on diet, cardiac imaging, and the prevention of heart disease. All of these things go hand in hand. In recognition of his contributions to cardiac prevention, the Society of Cardiovascular Computed Tomography created the prestigious Arthur Agatston Cardiovascular Disease Prevention Award, which is given annually to pioneers in cardiac prevention. He was named one of the Times 100 Most Influential People in 2004. Among his many television appearances, Dr. Agatston was featured along with President Bill Clinton on Sanjay Gupta's 2011 CNN special, The Last Heart Attack. So to say that my guest today is an expert is an understatement, but to let you know what a really sweet, nice, caring person he is. He really is. He's fantastic. He's a wealth of knowledge. And I'm so excited that I got the chance to sit with him and spend hours with him, learning from him. Some of the 
information you're about to hear is going to blow you away, but I figured if I really want to go to the next level in 2020, this is definitely a difference maker that can set me up to do it, and it can set you up to do it too. So I'm really hoping that you give this a shot. It's I'm going all in, and you can keep up with me on it. Before we get there, I've got a 30-second commercial for you, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you. But please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. This company has been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. The company is Geico. Go to geico.com today. Sorry for all the numbers. And in five, four, three, two, one, I'm out of time. I'll be right back. and frankly the world now is becoming fatter and sicker on what were the national recommendations and we have a very good handle on you know what happened uh but the main thing is people blame themselves they say i thought i was following the guidelines i must be doing something wrong and since nutrition is not really taught at medical schools, it may be just beginning now that doctors aren't aren't very aren't very helpful. Which is really perplexing to me. And as you know, it's challenging because we have to wonder as end users, who do you trust? There are so there's so many different messages out there from plant-based to intermittent fasting diets to like you said, low fat or now low carb, keto. It's very hard as a parent and as someone who wants to live within a healthy diet, how there's countless movies out there. And I know we discussed some people without credibility, without research and without experience telling us what to do. How do we figure out what that right approach is? Yeah. And I mean, I think the evidence is overwhelming. So, and more and more doctors, in fact, you know, I'm a cardiologist, and, and cardiologists, one of the reasons they didn't teach the low-fat approach was it just didn't work. And by the way, I'm not saying you can be a healthy vegan. There's a big variety of, of diets. They talk about the, the French paradox because here they're eating all the cream and cheese and good stuff, and they never had heart disease. But then... If you say, well, I'm just, I'm a low-carb advocate, well, what about um, the Asian paradox that they were having all rice in the Okinawa, they were having a lot of of sweet potatoes, uh, and they were just fine. Okinawans were living, uh, there were more centigenarians there than, than any place. And we do know how to put it together, but the... Other thing is trying the approaches that we advocate now. I, there's there's no downside, and you feel better in a in a matter of days, weeks, and months. And there's no downside. And if you want to try to be a you know a pure vegan, it's it's tough. But you know people can do well if they avoid the bad carbohydrates, 
and the and and the bad and the bad fats. And so, what we always said from the original South Beach diet is it's not low carb versus low fat; it's the right fats, the right carbs, and we stick to those principles today. But we've also learned a lot more about nutrition since. 2003, 2005, when we wrote uh, the, the first uh, the first books, and one of the the real issues um, with men and women, but <laughs> particularly with women, is they said, well, they they followed the rules, and and it didn't work, and they blame themselves, and you know my kind of interesting experience, which led to the to the current book was the summer before last, the summer of 2018. And so I was a cardiologist and diet doctor, but I would do the first phase of the South Beach diet, which is quite low carb, what we call keto friendly. You don't actually have to be in ketosis and we can discuss what what that is. But as soon as I went to the second phase and added back particular fruits and whole grains, I would I would begin to put on weight and put on a belly. And my wife would say, um, "Author, um, no more TV for you, only radio." Because you know, here's a diet doctor putting on a belly. <laughs> I could hide it pretty well with with a with a suit, but. Um, it it was it was it was frustrating, and so it was last um, last summer. I was actually reading a great book by by a friend, Dr. Robert Lustig. Um, he's a pediatric endocrinologist who's one of the foremost uh, really educators about sugar is really our our primary enemy, and he also wrote a, a book how. It was a, it was called the hacking of the American mind, and how so many of us are truly addicted to sugar, and it's a real addiction. It lights up the same area in your brain called the nucleus accumbens, as is lit up if you're an alcoholic. You're you're addicted to cigarettes, to gambling, to video games with with kids. Uh, vaping is a total disaster because it's it's very addictive, but when you do an MRI, the same area of the brain lights up. And I was reading the book, and we were on vacation with with the family. Both my boys were visiting, and we had um, a good, healthy dinner, salmon and broccoli, and then brought out uh, dessert from a favorite local farm, farm stand, which was a blueberry pie. And so after eating the good, healthy, usual dinner, um, I'm inhaling the blueberry pie as I tend to. And my wife says, you know, author, slow up. <laughs> and my son says, Dad, like, what are you doing? I say, okay, okay. I stop. Um, and then when the family clears out of the dining area and kitchen, I sneak back. I finish the entire blueberry pie telling myself, Mr. Diet Doctor, um, they're blueberries, they're antioxidants, they're good for you. Which, And then I'm reading the book, uh, and there's more and more about addiction. It's just recent years 
with much better science, what we call functional MRI, where you can really see the pathways uh, of the brain. And, and one of the interesting things was in studies in rats, when they were made addicted, addicted to both cocaine and sugar, and they could hit the sugar bar or the cocaine bar, they hit the sugar bar more than the cocaine bar. Wow. And so I realized, and I thought it was lack of, of discipline. You know, my wife and kids are not addicted, uh, <laughs> at least not, you know, not now. I mean, my wife, I think it's too late. She's not addicted. She could have scoops of a dessert. But if here we were in Joe's and having a key lime pie for dessert, you know, I would finish a thing before anybody else got it, you know, or share desserts before anybody else had a chance. So once I realized I was truly addicted, not to mention, you know, patients, I always said, oh, I'm a chocoholic, which I am and was, but it was almost half you know, kidding around. Now I realized this had really happened. So I set August uh, first of 2018 is my my D-Day um, and really went cold turkey from sugar, which I, I had done this any time I went back to phase one of the South Beach diet. Mm-hmm. It worked like a charm, but our first phase was only two weeks for a bunch of what seemed like good reasons at the time. And so now I realize I couldn't go back to these some of the, the phase two fruits and and um, and what seemed like whole grain bread, but our whole grain bread is not not really like what our grandparents and great grandparents were eating years ago. And so, with the knowledge, I insist in prolonging the phase one diet, the really low carb approach, and no sugar at all, and no processed carbohydrates, which are the carbohydrates that turn to sugar quickly when you, um, uh, when, when you consume them. And I lost my cravings in my belly, as I usually did with the first phase. But now I sustained it. And what makes me sustain it today, now it's a year and a half, uh, is that I just feel so good. Uh, I mean, people say I look younger, I look better, skin improves for sure. I mean, there's so many things that improve um, that I I won't go back just because I feel so good. I I feel mentally much better focused, uh, and my well, one reason we extend the first phase of the diet is it takes time to get what we call fat adapted. And this one thing we, we didn't understand or know when we did the first book. So um, if are, are you a runner? I forget. You, yes. And some long distance running? I as, used to do long distance to. until I had problems with my knees, but yes. Uh, me too. That's <laughs> knees and hips. But anyway, but um, so in, in marathons, uh, you, you carb load. And the idea is you load up as much sugar, carbohydrates in the form of glycogen in your liver and your muscles. You have the, the pasta parties the night before. 
so that it takes longer to burn through all that starch, the, the glycogen carbohydrate. And because once you did burn through that, uh, you would, it was called hitting the wall. You'd run out of the starch, and you'd have to begin to burn fat. And none of the marathoners ever practiced. They, they ran, but not, did not train hitting the wall. And I, I recalled in this fat adaption, I actually went to the very first international meeting on the marathon in 1976 in New York when I was a resident. Are you tired of the stress and chaos of live launching? Who isn't, right? But if you've tried going evergreen, you know that's not the solution either. Hello, low conversions. So what's the answer? The circuit sales system is designed to make sales for you every single day while giving your audience all of the excitement of live launching without you ever having to live launch again. What would increasing your current yearly revenue by 40 times look like for you? Okay, nobody's making any income guarantees here, but that's exactly what Nikki did for her business when she developed her circuit sales system. The circuit sales system is the automated system that combines the best of both live launching and evergreen with none of the worst. Think high conversions and high predictability without the chaos or risk. Get the free on-demand video training at circuitsalesystem.com slash confidence. Get the free on-demand video training at circuitsalesystem.com slash confidence. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have, the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. I want you to know that finding ways to be more efficient, cut costs, and get rid of errors and mistakes can completely transform your business, boost your performance at the same time. This is why you need NetSuite now. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash Monahan. netsuite.com slash Monahan. NetSuite.com slash Monahan. And they, it was so much about carb loading, but there was a group from the University of Florida where they have great exercise physiology. They discovered Gatorade. And he took his endurance athletes and he trained them on super low carb. And this was before any low, low carb was, was popular. And he he actually thought if he trained them when they had hit the wall and had to burn fat, they would do better. And they did. 
And so now we actually know that you can train yourself to burn fat much more efficiently. So today, endurance athletes, the triathletes, uh, the super endurance runners who do 50-mile races more and more, marathoners are going low-carb where they're training. You have enough fat to last for, you know, really for months to burn, whereas I mean, if you're running, you you run through your starch in a couple hours. Otherwise, depending, it, it's it's days before you run out of the starch. And then you often feel weak because you're not so good at metabolizing your fat. But when you stick with it, you get better and better. And so, I mean, you know, for me, I came back after the summer vacation and I one of my... Uh, favorite sports now is boxing and don't worry they can't hit me i only hit them with with the uh sometimes he hits me but not hard um and and i did with my trainer who was never easy on me it was it was a tuesday morning when i trained it was the end of september was hot and i used to have to sit out a round or two depending on the heat and my, you know, how much I ate the night before, I guess. And, and so I, I felt fantastic from the time I woke up and I didn't take any rounds off. And I said, boy, I've now been on the low carb long enough to become fat adapted. And now we've, we've seen that the studies have been done about fat adaption and it's really important. And unless you're low carb and get rid of all those starch glycogen stores, um, you will never efficiently metabolize and burn your fat. And how long does that take? Um, that takes a month to sometimes several months. And many people improve. Uh, one of the, the interesting studies was done with um, a major American major league soccer team where they went low carb and they wore GPSs and they found that they ran further during the, during the soccer match and faster with low carb. And once they, once they were fat adapted and there are a lot of, a lot of good studies. Um, the, the only question with that is if you're doing speed work, um, there's an argument that it, you, you may need some starch, and what kind of carbs are you saying that you can eat during that period? Well, if you're um, the 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 carbs we recommend are the are, are vegetables that are low in starch and they're all low in sugar. So asparagus, broccoli, um, you know, cauliflower, all the, the leafy greens, uh, spinach, and uh, you know, and Brussels sprouts. One of, one of my favorites. And so that's where, um, that's, those are, those are healthy. And we always lump vegetables or fruits and vegetables together. And vegetables were really made to ripen in the fall. And that's when it was good to get some sugar build up some fat in your belly for winter famine. And 
you know, it's my best example I use in the book is with grizzly bears. And so what happens at the end of the summer, they naturally have their insulin levels and be important to talk about insulin. Uh, the insulin levels uh, go up because they have to begin store, storing fat for their winter hibernation. And insulin is the fat storage hormone. As we can talk about, we're always in either a fat storage mode or a fat burning mode. And if you're heading towards a winter hibernation or for early man, which we are famine, no longer, <laughs> which we are no longer, and it's it's important to store a, a lot of fat and calories. So the grizzly bear, they first their insulin naturally naturally goes up. In humans, it goes up before um, with pregnancy, because you have to store enough fat for you and for the baby. And you may have run into women who are marathoners who they no longer menstruate because they have very little fat. And if you're exercising that much or if you're dieting that severely that you don't have enough fat, then you don't have enough fat to carry the pregnancy. And so that's, and so naturally at the beginning of pregnancy, your insulin levels go up. And that's why with women today, they always do a glucose tolerance test. It should be an insulin tolerance test, but they, they have a tendency and often if they're heading for diabetes, it's unmasked during pregnancy because of the higher insulin levels. And the other is adolescents who they need a lot of energy for the growth spurt and their insulin levels go up. So with the grizzly bears, they get that head start and then the, the, the fruit ripens. And the grizzlies, uh, they completely deplete, deplete berries and fruit from the forests where, where they're, they're living. Uh, they have up to like 10,000 berries a day, it's been looked at. And they are storing fat and now they have already 400, 600 pounds in the late fall turning winter of extra fat. So why are they ravenously hungry? It's because their insulin levels have gotten higher and higher from the, the fructose, the sugar in the fruit. And that blocks the access to all that stored fat. You know, uh, the first, what insulin does is it, it stimulates, activates enzymes that build up the fat, and it blocks enzymes that break it down. So if you sit at the airport, and I talk about where I do a lot of my research while I'm waiting <laughs> for a plane, and you see, you know, frankly, overweight or just people with little bellies coming out of fast food with the Cokes and they look like they're starving mm -hmm. and don't they have any self-discipline and there's all that energy. They do feel like they're starving because their insulin levels are high and that blocks access to the fat in their bellies and even to the starch in their, in their livers. So, uh, you know, when people who have pre-diabetes, what I call pre-pre-diabetes, high insulin levels, 
um, they wake up in the middle of the night really starving. And that's because at night, normally you, normally you eat during the day, and when you eat, you increase insulin levels. That's what gets the blood sugar and energy from your bloodstream into your cells when you need it. And some of the excess is stored as fat and as starch in, in your liver. And then when you're not, when you're doing an overnight fast, your insulin levels go down and you have access to the starch and to the, and to the fat. And that's why you don't die in the middle of the night and you normally sleep through the night. But when you've had so much sugar and bad carbohydrates, um, your insulin level doesn't drop down during the night. So... It's blocking access to that starch and to that fat. So you wake up in the middle of the night, and even though you've got plenty of starch and fat, you don't have access to it. And so you go down and hit the refrigerator. And so this, the, the role of insulin is so important. I call it the invisible killer. Because we always call you know hypertension the silent killer because uh, you can measure your blood pressure, but you but it doesn't cause symptoms. Uh, I mean high blood pressure where it is today just doesn't cause headaches. It doesn't cause symptoms. It's 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 kind of a myth. Um, and but insulin is way before your blood sugars are elevated. That's why we should be measuring insulin levels, which we can describe. It's a pretty simple, inexpensive test. But your insulin levels are high for many, many years before your blood sugar goes up and you're diagnosed as prediabetes or diabetes. And that's seen in teenagers. They, they're, they're bad their, their excess sugar um, and their bad carbohydrates, the, the white bread, white, white rice, um, all, all, all that bad diet is turning the sugar and bad carbohydrates into fat. And the fat is in their livers. That's the first place it goes. And it overflows the cells in the liver causes a fatty liver, which fatty liver is the number one cause of liver failure, cirrhosis of the liver, and liver transplants today, and it starts in teenagers. They're turning from eating sugar, too much sugar. From eating too much sugar. It reverses when they just get rid of the sugar for a few weeks. It begins, it begins to reverse. They're very, very good studies. This is not... Um, controversial at all and all gastroenterologists are seeing liver dysfunction at the beginning you don't see the dysfunction liver you can only see it if you do a very high resolution mri which is not practical and it's not being done but you can measure the the insulin levels and so the insulin is turning the sugar and the bad carbohydrates into fat the fat overflows from your liver. It, that's why you get the belly fat. Anybody you see, uh, again, in the airport with a belly, and people don't think of themselves as overweight or fat. I mean, the, the, 
the big fat bellies, you know, it, it's clear, but many others have it um, and, and don't realize it. But if you see belly fat, you don't have to do an MRI. You have fat in your liver. And the way the fat is metabolized, because the fat is overwhelming our storage mechanisms, some of that fat turns into small cholesterol particles, which are the particles that get into our vessel walls and cause heart attacks. And one of the big problems, you know, the, the full-fat dairy, saturated fat, meat, will increase our total cholesterol, but it's increasing mainly big cholesterol. It's only little small cholesterol particles that stick to our vessel walls like Velcro and get in and cause the plaque buildup. So that was one of the reasons for a lot of misunderstanding about fat, saturated fat, full-fat uh, dairy in, in meats, um, and it doesn't cause heart disease, and it also doesn't cause cancer. Uh, the other interesting part about insulin is the high insulin levels are associated not just with obesity or diabetes, but with or with heart attacks as well, but also cancer, autoimmune disease, uh, which affects your skin, it affects your, your, your whole body. And um, this is when I talk about all the things it can cause. Uh, you know, I, I sometimes feel like a snake oil salesman because uh, we, and we, we, we see it with our patients all the time. And again, with me, since I've been consistent a year and a half, um, it, you feel better mentally, physically, endurance. Your skin, your skin is is better, and we we know the reason for most of this. So, high insulin levels will cause what I call the big five: um, obesity, uh, diabetes, heart attacks, cancer, autoimmune disease. But from your head down, headaches, uh, dizziness. Uh, you know, ringing in the in the ears, uh, asthma, um, irritable bowel, uh, reflux. So many of these complaints, anxiety, depression, uh, you know, even schizophrenia. It's all associated with our blood sugars bouncing around all day because of because uh, of bad insulin levels. And it's causing us to be sick. And the other thing is we're walking around hungry all day because our blood sugars are, are on a roller coaster. They're going up and down. And that's part of what makes us anxious and, and sick, but also snacking all day. And so compared to the 1970s when we'd have three meals and maybe a snack, uh, there are very good studies now where most people are what we call grazing. I mean, when I grew up, I mean, we never heard of that. They're sort of eating around the clock. And that doesn't give time for your insulin levels to drop. And, um, and your insulin levels stay high, and you, so you can't access your fat. 
day or night. And that's why frequent, uh, you know, f- uh, uh, frequent uh, meals. You can put it this way. If you eat a given number of the same food in one meal of the evening versus six, seven feedings during the day, um, when you do time-restricted feeding, you do lose weight and you feel better because your insulin levels aren't being jacked up all day. And that's the intermittent fasting that you talk and about in the book. That's the reason for intermittent fasting. How many hours do you, is, is there a recipe for success with it? How, you know, is, should you only eat once a day or is it <laughs> twice? Well, it depends. The more, um, the the higher your insulin levels, which has to do uh, a lot with genetics. If there's type two diabetes in the family, uh, then you have some of the gene. If you have a history of putting on weight, particularly in your belly. And a lot of, by the way, yo-yo dieting is a sign of prediabetes. Some people are what we call fat and fit. Their skin, their, their fat is under the skin, but not in the belly. And that's safe fat. You can be extremely overweight. And the, well, the good news is you won't get heart disease or diabetes or cancer. The bad news is it's tougher to get rid of that fat. And that's when you don't have belly fat. And that's when you don't have belly fat. Um, and, and you really sort of have, have diffuse fat. And to the degree, you know, Americans in general can store a lot more fat under the skin than Asians. So if you're in Mumbai, they're in Mumbai, Beijing, Dubai, their incidence of diabetes is pretty much the same as it is in the U.S. now but less obesity because they're not able to store the, their, their fat, we call subcutaneously, under the skin. It goes right to the belly. And the belly fat is what overflows the liver and causes a lot of disease that way. And fat under the skin, when de- depending somewhat on genetics also, as you add more fat, you develop more fat cells. So the individual fat cells are, no, are never overwhelmed. In your belly, you can't divide the fat cells. So the individual cells gets bigger and bigger, what we call hypertrophy, until it disrupts the, uh, the structure of the cell and it causes inflammation. So inflammatory cells come in and Anybody with a belly will also uh, will also have markers of inflammation, and more likely to have joint pains, and again, all kinds of symptoms from inflammation. And it's too much belly fat. Sometimes we call people tophies, thin on the outside, fat on the inside. We do imaging, and we can see a lot of excess belly fat, and they. They don't think of themselves as fat at all. So there is a whole spectrum, but we know certain populations, particularly Asians who were living um, in with a lot of famine up until recent decades. And the ability to store belly fat is what helped them survive the inevitable 
uh, famines. And so it's a little bit different um, than, than, uh, than other, other Western groups. So what do you suggest now for us for intermittent fasting? So that's, um, <clears throat> uh, so it depends on the individuals. I would start in general by skipping breakfast um, in the morning when you get up, uh, hormones, your cortisol, your adrenaline starts firing to get you ready for the day. And that also um, causes you to burn some, some uh, carbohydrates, the starch, and the fat. So uh, you're usually less hungry because you're feeding off your, your, own, uh, your own energy stores. Uh, and so skipping that and then having a good lunch. And you know, we prefer certainly that it is what we call low glycemic, low sugar, um, lunch. If you want eggs for lunch, eggs are great. They rarely increase your cholesterol, and if they do, it won't hurt you. Um, and and then um, you you can extend the fast. So eating within from an eight to a uh, a six or even four hour window um, is. I didn't have lunch today. I didn't have breakfast. Um, and I exercise fasting, which helps you burn whatever starch you have left over and burn fat. And you you just you do have to keep up with salt and fluids. And and we should uh, we should talk a little bit about that. That's called the keto flu um, when you don't keep up with salt and fluids. But then um, I'm not hungry. I generally break the fast around three, four o'clock, and then I do get hungry, but that's because you produce a hormone called ghrelin, which is what makes your stomach growl and makes you hungry, but it goes up and down. So I'm sure you've had the experience where you, in a sense, work through lunch. You feel a little hungry, but you're busy with a project, you don't work, and then it's all of a sudden two, three hours later, and say, I'm not hungry anymore. And that's because the ghrelin goes up and then goes down. And when it goes down, you don't feel hungry. And, and so it's completely safe not to eat until three or four in the ab- Absolutely safe. It, the, the, the one thing, and this, is, this has to do with, with ketosis, when you're, when you're burning fat and not getting uh, fluid, there are several things that happen. For one thing, um, when you begin low carb or keto friendly, and you get the first thing you burn off is the starch in in your liver and in your muscle, and that is stored with a lot of water, a lot of fluid. Actually, fat is not. So at the beginning, and a lot of diets say, "Oh, lose you know twelve pounds in one week or whatever." They say most of that at the beginning is water weight. And it's not, you can't really lose more than a, a pound a day if you're, if you're fasting. And so you're losing that water weight, which tends to make you dehydrated. And then the, the most common cause, actually, of high blood pressure today is, again, high insulin levels, the invisible killer. Um, we used to call it, we call it essential hypertension, uh, which meant we didn't know what was causing the hypertension. In 
And hypertension doesn't occur in primitive societies where they don't have sugar or the processed carbohydrates that are increasing their insulin levels. So insulin causes you to retain salt from your kidneys. And that raises your blood pressure because you have this extra fluid from retaining salt that keeps fluid in your in your bloodstream. When you go on low carb and you lower your insulin levels, you no longer retaining that salt. And so you're excreting salt and you're losing fluid that way. And so at the beginning it's 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 been called the keto flu or low carb flu. Um, a patient will come in and we always tell them they have to keep up on salt and fluid. But they'll say, oh, I did the diet for the few days and I, you know, I'm, I'm not hungry, but I'm, I'm weak, I'm tired, my exercise endurance wasn't the same. And I tell them, that's a very good sign. Why? That I feel lousy and sick, that's the keto flu. That means that your insulin levels dropped and you burned up the starch and you became dehydrated. Um, somebody who's fat and fit doesn't get, they don't have high insulin levels to begin with. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's a small minority of the overweight people in this country. Um, the whole epidemic of obesity is from insulin and what we're eating. It's, and, and so Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths a day. According to the EPA, indoor air is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases up to 100 times more polluted. Data shows that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths globally. I mean, this is crazy how concerning it is to hear that your air in your home is polluted. Maybe you have allergies like me and my son. Maybe you live near a highway. Maybe you live in a city, right? Like there's so many issues with toxicity everywhere. You need to make sure that your home is a clean and safe place. And Air Doctor is helping us with it. We have tremendous allergy issues, and using Air Doctor is changing all that. So what's the solution? Introducing an air purifier that captured the attention of established media outlets like CNN, Money, ABC, and more. Air Doctor. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold, ooh, and even bacteria and viruses. So your lungs don't have to. All air doctor purifiers feature whisper jet fans 30% quieter than the ordinary air purifiers. Air doctor also comes with a 30 day money back guarantee. If you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code confidence. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to $300 off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three year warranty on any unit which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use promo code CONFIDENCE. You're welcome. When I started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from my mind. Now I'm selling my group coaching on the regular and it is just so easy, all because I use Shopify. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI powered all-star. I didn't know what I was going to do when I got fired. Launching my own business seemed so intimidating. I didn't know how to set up a website and I really didn't need to. Shopify does it all for you and they make it so easy. It was that breakthrough moment for me that I realized I can do this. I can go to work for myself. Thanks to Shopify. What I love about Shopify is you don't need to have all this technology information ready to, you don't need to know how to plan and run things. You just need to go to the platform, turn it on and know what you're selling. And Shopify is going to help you figure out the rest. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries, including your girl right here. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash monahan all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Monahan now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Monahan. No matter what stage you're at, they're going to make it easy. I love that idea that it's not self-discipline. It's the, the food choices that we're making driving how we feel. Absolutely. And that's, again, that when I realized and here I'm a diet doctor and I'm coming in and if I have a belly and it's not covered up, you know, well, my wife was always the first one to point it out. For, <laughs> but but um, I, you know, I knew it was there. And once I realized it was truly an addiction and it wasn't my fault, my lack of discipline for me that did it. And it, yeah, the first year I was feeling so good. I didn't the whole first Thanksgiving holiday season. I did not cheat. Since then, I have cheated, and I mean over Thanksgiving this year, I said, "Yeah, I'm gonna have the pumpkin pie and everything," and I gained a bunch of weight in one day. And I knew it, any big swings is fluid. It it went away. I frankly did a longer fast, but it it all went away also in, in a few days. And some people, um, you know, particularly if you're doing the, the, the uh, time-restricted feeding or fasting, um, can get away with a dessert or they want their glasses of wine. And, you know, we see all this all the time. And it's, it's an individual choice and there's flexibility what people can get away with. Um, when I, you know, it was, it was my first uh, Joe's Key Lime Pie when, you know, I took a bite or two and I didn't inhale the whole thing. I had lost a lot of that 
um, of 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 that addiction, but I've already had the experience. It can come come back quickly, um, but I know what to do, and I'm confident now. And you know, it's again, it's been a year and a half, and I I feel too good. I feel it's too important. Um, again, mentally, physically, that I'm just not. Um, it's more than weight. It's wellness now. It's 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 wellness. I, it, absolutely. And well, I'm go- I'm going on it. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I, you you have sold me. And for people that don't know, where can they find your book? Your new book that you're, we're talking about um, on Amazon, and there's a southbeachdiet.com uh, website, and it's uh, again, it's not your fault. I should say with uh, you know, with the fasting. Um, that you can prolong, and longer fasting can be effective. And sometimes we do it in in uh, in type two diabetics. And some people, it's all or nothing, and we want them to feel the benefits. So we'll do a longer fast, but you should only do that um, with uh, with professional guidance. Uh, you, I mentioned you tend you you lose some salt. You have to keep up with salt and fluids. Which, by the way, is a big myth is the super salt, low salt diets are healthy. They're not. They're actually dangerous. And so now if you're – some people have salt-sensitive high blood pressure. If they're eating fast food um, with a lot of salt, I mean, you can certainly overdo it with the salt. But uh, we used to – when we admitted patients to the hospital, it was a two-gram – sodium diet for a, particularly for heart patients we now know that when you get below four grams a day um which is a, a teaspoon or so um you actually do worse so we were we were literally putting patients on a diet with, which was making them more likely to have a heart attack and stroke and that's a bit of a lower, a longer story. We we describe it uh, in the in the book, um, but particularly once you're low carb, you need fluids and you need salt. You need to make sure you get enough magnesium, enough potassium, and so if we're um, you know both at the beginning of of a more strict low carb, if you're truly doing keto, um, then we we measure electrolytes the the potassium and the magnesium uh and that that's uh that that becomes that becomes important but and, you actually lay out that plan and you lay out 75 full recipes for the yes. diet <laughs> yeah. within the book so yes. everybody needs to check out the new keto friendly south beach diet you can find it amazon or you can find it on your website the south beach diet and check it out because Dr. Agatson knows what he's doing. This is his life's work. Not only is he a cardiologist, but he is a diet doctor. And you will read in the book testimonials from your patients and experience their journey with weight loss and just well-being. We are amazed with the results with our patients. And over the years, we've seen good results. Everybody wanted to stay on the first phase of the diet for more than two weeks. And they were right. We were wrong. We thought they just enjoyed the fast weight loss but they saw psoriasis go away. They felt headaches go away, reflux, and uh, and that was all the benefits of getting rid of all the grains and the sugar. All right. Well, they're out at my house, and I can't wait to report back.
Okay. We'll look, look forward to, you, to your report. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with everyone and for helping us and creating this fantastic book with this step-by-step process. We're all in. Thanks. My, my pleasure. Really enjoy it. All right. Hang tight. We'll be right back. I hope you enjoyed meeting Dr. Agatston as much as I did. I'd love for you to check out his book. I'm really impressed with it. I'm so impressed with the work he's doing, and I'm going all in. I definitely know it's going to be tough to completely remove sugar, but I'm going to make a run for it. And over the next month, I am anticipating some big health gains, which will set me up for further success for 2020 and achieving my goals, and I hope you join me. But before we get started in my Q&A, I've got to give some Podcast One love. If you love true crime podcasts, Podcast One is the perfect destination. We've got two awesome true crime podcasts trending right now, and you have to check them out. First up, based on the iconic series on A&E, Cold Case Files explores some of the most difficult-to-solve murders, ah, which stymied investigators and went cold sometimes for decades. Next up, Copycat Killers is the latest podcast from Reels and Podcast One. Every episode takes you behind the scenes of real-life murder cases, which copy memorable slayings seen in Hollywood movies. Check out both Cold Case Files and Copycat Killers. They're going to be your next favorite true crime podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and many of your favorite podcast listening apps. Oh my gosh, I cannot watch scary things like that because I get nightmares, but I know so many of you absolutely love them. So... I want to talk today about a couple of questions that I received recently. These are DMs that I received. One was on Instagram and one was on LinkedIn. So if you ever have any questions, shoot them at me at my website, heathermonahan.com, or you can DM me on any social media platform. Okay. Hey, Heather, I'm a salesperson. I'm not going to say in what city, in the electronics industry. Big fan of Gary V, huge entrepreneur at heart and admire your story and respect your accomplishments. Wanted to ask about trade shows. I'm working a booth for a customer of mine and he tells me about the product. That's actually me holding the guitar in the picture. So wondering if you have any advice on how to find buyers, distributors, and the big fish to help sell the product as big, fast, and wide as possible. So here's the thing. <laughs> this is a lot of work. So I liken that to me getting to Gary V, or I liken that to back when I was in the radio business. I'll never forget, I went on a meeting with one of the largest companies in the U.S., one of the largest advertising brands in the U.S., and I met with the ultimate decision maker. And I'm not saying who it is because I don't want to call them out. But I, I basically said to the client, I said, listen, I'd love to expand our relationship, grow your business this year. And I'm committed to showing you I'll provide you results, the best service. You know, I was going through the whole list of things I would be able to provide him. And he said, ah, oh, that stuff doesn't excite me anymore. I can work with anyone, Heather. Why should I work with you? I said, well, what matters to you? He said, I want to eat at this restaurant called Rayo's. And that was in New York. And I said, okay, no problem. Done. I'll get your reservation. He started laughing. He said, you get that done and I guarantee you I'll double your business with me. Great. I'll make it happen. I'll be in touch. Well, little did I know at the time, this is a few years ago, Rayo's was incredibly hard to get into. There was only, I think, 10 tables in the whole restaurant. They were actually owned individually by a family. Each family owned a table. And so you'd have to get to someone. It was just impossible. You couldn't do it. So everyone I asked told me, it's impossible, Heather. You can't do it. 
Well, I like a challenge. So I here, here's how I approached it. And this is how I would suggest to this message of how do I get to the big fish? I was relentlessly focused on it. And it took me a month, maybe even two months. I called American Express and asked them if they had any ends to get into there. I called different vendors, people who I thought rolled at a real high level. Maybe they could get me in. I called in favors. I posted about it on social media. I called the restaurant. I planned on going to the restaurant on my next trip to New York. I asked every single person I could think of. And every single day, I would ask, you know, 10 or 15 people if they could help me to get a reservation. And this went on, like I said, for a couple of months. So I was getting no luck, getting no luck. And it was a Friday night and I was out for dinner with some friends. And we went up for drinks at this restaurant um, after dinner. And there was this huge group of people. And I walked up and introduced myself to them and said, does anyone here have any way to get a reservation at Rayo's? And one guy started laughing. He said, yeah, my uh, brother-in-law owns a table there. I said, could you call him right now for me? And he did. And I got on the phone with this brother-in-law. didn't know him. And the guy was so gracious and super funny. We hit it off on the phone. He said, I'm happy to give you my table on such and such date. It's available you know, just go there. It's yours. So I was able to get something that no one else could get done. And it wasn't that I had some really tricky approach. It was that I was relentless and frequent in my messaging, frequent in my asking, frequent in trying different people, trying different approaches. So if you want to get to the big fish, Google them. Find out everything that there is to find out about them. Find out who is in their inner circle. See who they are connected to and reach out to the people they're connected to. The way I got to Gary V, I was DMing him for years on Instagram. And occasionally he'd message back, but he'd never commit to meeting with me. And finally, when I knew I was launching this show and I wanted him as the biggest guest to kick off my podcast, I Googled him and saw he had just launched a new business, a wine business uh, with Trouty. And so I Googled Trouty. I found information on him. I found him on LinkedIn. And I thought, I bet it's easier to get to this guy Trouty than it is to get to Gary Vee. I direct messaged Trouty and said, listen, I was in the wine business for years. I drive hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue in advertising and media. I definitely can help you and give you some suggestions around growing your wine business. Uh, do you have time for a quick call so I can share some of my ideas with you? I was going to him, telling him how I could help him. He took that call. After the call, he said, hey, Heather, I'd love to help you out sometime. And any way you can help me move more wine. I said, how about I'll help you move more wine? Can you get me a meeting with Gary V? And he did. And I helped him move wine and he helped get me a meeting. So, you know, make it about the other person. Find everyone and anyone in their circle. Be relentless in your pursuit. Don't just give up. Google other ways. Google different ideas. Ask different people. Ask their competitors, you know. Just be relentless in your pursuit and you will figure it out and you will get to that person. But it's done through frequency, consistency, and trying different approaches. I've had people say to me, yeah, well, I reached out to this person. I never heard back. I guess they're not interested. No. I think of it this way. I reached out to this person. I didn't hear back. I bet they were probably on a plane. My email got buried amongst 700 others they received that day. It's on me. I've got to find a way to step out from the crowd and raise my hand. And, you know, that's exactly what I did with Ed Milet when I was trying to get Ed Milet on my show. I DM'd him and DM'd him. I would comment on his post and ask how I could help and 
And and then I DM'd him and said, I can help you grow your LinkedIn following because I saw he was rather new on LinkedIn. You know, I, I'm relentless in my pursuit of trying to differentiate myself and raise my hand. And one day he just responded back to the DM. Hey, Heather, how are you? I just landed. I'm in Vegas. I'm going to give a speech. I, I just heard your message. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'd love to be on your show. So that came from, I don't even know how many messages that I have reached out, that I have sent, how many comments I've made on his post, how many times I've shared his post. Oh my gosh, I'm constantly promoting his brand. So, you know, find ways to help people. Be relentless in your pursuit of them and do not give up because giving up is something quitters do and we are not quitters. Okay, so I've got some interesting news for you. Um, If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. And if you don't know your numbers, we've got some issues. That is what NetSuite by Oracle has set out to solve for you. Most companies don't have a clear picture of their finances, and that's why most businesses fail. The question for any business owner out there is, are you confident that you've got the right numbers at your fingertips? And that's exactly what you need. Serious entrepreneurs and finance teams run on NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. And you might remember I had Evan, the founder, on last week talking about the business innovation and changes and growth that NetSuite has been through. If you haven't heard that episode, definitely check it out. There's no more guessing, no more worry that what you don't know could kill your company. Schedule your free demo right now and receive their free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at netsuite.com slash confidence. Set up your free demo and get your free guide today at netsuite.com slash confidence, netsuite.com slash confidence. Okay, so my last question that I'm going to answer today because I do not want to keep you on your podcast forever. Well, actually, I would like to, but I'm trying to be respectful. Okay, so this, I get a lot of these questions and I don't talk to you guys about them a lot, but I've got to share this one. Hey, Heather, I just got fired and I had moved out to this new city for my job. It's just crazy. It's awful. I'm a great asset, but I want you to know bullies are real. I didn't sign the severance offer that I was offered. Um, you're my inspiration for that. I'm listening to your audiobook. I'm weighing out options, and I have a few. I have a story to tell. I want the possibility to branch out on my own and call these people out, out for this awful stuff they did to me. My question is this. How did you navigate the waters of telling your truth while not being unprofessional or unlawful? Um, this has happened to me a few times and I am ready to stand up for myself and stand in my power. Any advice on if I should negotiate with the CEO to get a larger severance or should I just walk away and share my story? Okay, first of all, this is a very personal question. No one can tell you what to do on something a magnitude of this, right? Someone's not asking me. I'm happy to answer a question where someone says, how do I get to the big fish? I'll give you a million different ideas on how to do that, right? And I just shared a couple. But this is a very personal experience, and I've been through it. People will tell you, I don't think you should do that. I think you should do that. Whatever. That's about them, their fears, their limitations. Only you know your truth when it comes to something like being fired, being bullied. You know, that's up to you. I can tell you this. I The past couple of years since I got fired have been super scary because, of course, anyone can sue you for anything. So knowing that in the back of my mind right before my book came out or right before my TED Talk dropped – 
you know, I would have this resurgence of, oh my gosh, what if this is the final straw and they just, they try to shut me down and, you know, they try to sue me and what, and what if, what if, what if. And whenever I think about that, I go back to this James Altucher podcast that I was on. I was on his podcast in 2018. In 2019, he was on my podcast. But I go back to the podcast where I was on his show and I said to him, I'm really scared. I'm going to get sued with my book dropping. And he did this whole Q&A with me where he explained, yeah, anyone can sue you for anything. However, you can turn that into good publicity and PR for you. And if they're going to sue you, they're going to shine a brighter light on your book, helping you garner more book sales, more press. The reality is companies want to hide errors that they make. The company will probably never sue you. And he ended up being absolutely correct. But, you know, I decided to take that risk and make that decision because I had a burning desire and felt a drive and need to do it. If you don't feel that really strong desire, even though I felt afraid, don't get me wrong, I was petrified. But fear is different than, you know, you can feel driven to do something and feel afraid to do it. But if you're not really feeling driven to do it, it doesn't have that purpose or passion to you that you really feel there's something bigger pushing you to do this, I would say don't do it because it's not an easy ride and it definitely is a scary one. And people close to you will tell you you're crazy and, you know, everyone will second guess you and you'll second guess yourself. It's it's definitely a very serious decision to make. So I would say get quiet, listen to yourself. You have that answer. Tune everybody else out. And the other thing is, you know, show up as you. The more you tell the truth and show up as the person you really are, the less you have to worry about those other elements. Again, I'm not saying it's easy, but it is pretty simple. You know, just tune into your own voice, listen to yourself, and make the best decision for you. I think back, I would have regretted it so much had I not written my book, had I just gone back and taken another job in corporate America. I'm so grateful I doubled down on me and took the chance to go to work for myself. So I'm super grateful for the decisions I made. However, there have been countless sleepless nights. There's been so many challenges along the way, navigating, becoming an entrepreneur, becoming an author, becoming a speaker, becoming a podcast host, being here with you now. All this stuff is new to me. And anytime you start off new, you're a beginner. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall down. You're not going to know the fastest way to grow, the right things to do. And that can be hard. So just get ready for it. You've got to just jump into it and don't look back. And that's how I feel about 2020. On to bigger and better. I'm setting myself up with this new found information on how to be as efficient as possible and use food as medicine to help me get to achieve my goals and live a better life. So I'm I'm super excited. I hope you enjoyed the show today. I hope it helps you. If you could please leave a review of the show on Apple Podcasts, send me a screenshot. I will buy you my $299 confidence video course as a big thank you. It really helps so much when I get reviews. Please share on social media. And when you tag me, I will retweet. I will repost. I will put it in my stories. And I appreciate your support immensely. Until next week, we will be creating confidence together. 
Hi, I'm here to tell you about a new podcast that I am so excited about, Negotiate Your Best Life, hosted by Rebecca Zung, a part of the Yap Media Network. As a globally renowned narcissist negotiation expert and an attorney recognized by U.S. News as a best lawyer in America, Rebecca shares her invaluable insights and strategies for navigating life's toughest negotiations. By drawing from her own experiences and the wisdom of her high-profile guests, such as Bob Proctor, Mark Victor Hansen, John Gordon, and Rebecca delivers empowering advice that will inspire you to reclaim control of your life. Negotiate Your Best Life is all about how to negotiate your way to greatness. She provides practical guidance on how to break free from toxic relationships, stand up against injustice, and transform chaos into freedom, possibility, and purpose. Many times, the first negotiation you do is with your own in the morning. In the morning is when you wake up, and that's when Negotiate Your Best Life is time for you. It's about to find your way to greatness, conquering obstacles, and creating the life you truly deserve. Get ready to slay thrive and unlock your full potential. Don't believe me? I'm going to go ahead and share some of the reviews that are out there so you can hear and you can believe too. You have helped me so much these last few weeks. I was with a narcissist for two years. She drove me to the point I wanted to take my own life. Listening to you has made a massive difference and now I know what I'm with. Thank you, Rebecca. Now the recovery. Thank you for gifting the knowledge to believe in myself again. You have unknowingly helped me legally represent myself through criminal, federal, and civil court proceedings with a narcissist. There would be so many people around the world that you're helping without even knowing like me. You saved my life. Emma, 35 years old, Australia. If you are ready to stand up against injustice and transform the chaos in your life into freedom, possibility, and purpose, then check out Negotiate Your Best Life now. Subscribe to Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's going to push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the Podcast Princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.